Chapter Twenty of More About Pixie by Mrs. George de Horn Vesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A luncheon basket. Esmeralda announced her arrival in town on the first of May, a week in advance of her house party, so that she might have leisure to visit her brothers and sisters and put the final touches to her own preparations she did not mention the hour of her arrival but this was easily calculated and at home in rutland road bridgie and pixie held eager committee meetings as to the best method of welcome it was decided not to go to the station as esmeralda did not appreciate being taken unawares and would of a certainty be annoyed if her son and heir were beheld at a disadvantage babies are bound to be cross at the end of a journey and his little frock would be soiled and crumpled and she will want him to look his very very best no we will go straight to park lane bridgie decided and arrive an hour after they are due so that they will have time to get tidy the house will be upset of course for it has been closed for so long and we may be able to help i shall never forget the day we came here all the furniture piled in the middle of the rooms and nowhere to sit down and nothing to eat and my poor back aching as if twere broken that's another thing i was thinking about we'll take lunch with us already prepared a cold chicken i think and some fruit for dessert and enjoy it together we three girls if we have to sit on the floor to eat it how lovely it will be to meet again it seems too good to be true pixie was delighted at the idea of the luncheon basket and when the eventful day arrived one little extra after another was added to the original list until the weight became quite formidable but bridgie declared that an omnibus ran to within but a short distance of their destination and the two girls set off in high spirits each holding a handle of the basket and swinging it gaily to and fro curious glances were cast towards it en route whereat pixie beamed with pride it looked so like a picnic basket with the top bulging from the sides allowing glimpses to be seen of the fruit bags and the white linen serviette enfolding the chicken she was convinced that the beholders were consumed with envy and curiosity arrived at park lane pixie was much concerned to realize that esmeralda's much vaunted town residence was situated in this dull and narrow street in vain bridgie represented that the site was famous the world over the little sister smiled quietly and retained her own opinion bridgie as usual was making the best of the situation but it was evident that geoffrey's riches had been much exaggerated since this was the best he could do for his wife poor esmeralda how disappointed she would be what a good thing it was that they had brought the cold chicken to take off the first edge of disappointment the house itself looked dark and gloomy but there were a great many windows and looking upwards pixie espied a glimpse of a graceful head inside the line of one of the curtains the travellers had indeed arrived and in another moment the three sisters would be reunited after four months separation ring again darling i can't this basket weighs me down said bridgie straining at the heavy handle 
and then came surprise number one for even as she spoke the door was flung back and there appeared on the threshold one immaculate-looking manservant while farther down the hall stood two more in attitudes of attention three whole men to open one door this was indeed a height of luxury to which the simple irish mind had never soared and where was the upset and confusion which had been expected where the signs of recent arrival where the smallest most trifling evidence of confusion the stately hall looked as if it had been undisturbed from immemorial ages and the butler stared at the two girls and their basket with lofty disdain not at home madam bridgie gasped and looked blank dismay but pixie's shrill protest could not be restrained not at home when i saw her meself not a second ago looking out of the window what would have happened it is difficult to say but at that moment a voice sounded from afar repeating two names over and over again in tones of rapturous welcome the man stepped aside and bridgie pressed the basket into his hands and raced along the hall past the staring footman to the bend of the stairs where esmeralda stood with arms stretched wide pixie was only a step aside and esmeralda escorted the two girls upstairs to her own room talking breathlessly the while of course he said i was not at home we arrived only an hour ago so i can hardly be ready for visitors yet but i saw the top of your hats from the nursery windows you must come this very minute and see the boy he is sweeter than ever everyone says he is a perfect beauty oh me dears how glad i am to see you how sweet of you to come of course we came we thought perhaps we might be able to help bridgie said looking around the gorgeous staircase with pensive regret we imagined you in such an upset dear with the carpets up and the furniture covered with dust sheets and we thought we could dust and put things straight as we used to do at knock you told us you were coming to open the house you didn't expect i was going to work myself drawled esmeralda her impetuous manner changing suddenly to one of drawling affectation the servants have been here for a week getting ready for our arrival i have nothing to look after but a few frocks and preparation for the fray next week did you expect to see me in an apron with a duster over my head it makes no difference to me what you wear said bridgie quietly and at that esmeralda laughed and became herself once more it does to me though the best of everything is good enough for me nothing less you dear old thing it's like old times to have you looking at me with that solemn face no one keeps me in order now jeff tries occasionally but it's such an evident effort that it doesn't have much effect it will be quite good for me to have some family snubbings once more this is the way to the nursery this door now my beauty come to mother she's brought two new aunties to see you the beauty regarded his relations in stolid silence for a moment 
then hung his lower lip and began to howl his mother walked him up and down the room striving by various blandishments to win him back to smiles but he kept turning his head over his shoulder to gaze at his new relatives with an expression of agonized incredulity as though loath to believe that such monsters could really exist on the earth he was very fat and very bald and if truth were told not a beauty at all but esmeralda made a fascinating mother and was so happily deluded about his charms that it would have been cruel to undeceive her even pixie managed for once to preserve a discreet silence while bridgie's ejaculations of astonishment at size and weight passed muster as admiration with the complacent mother and nurse you shall see him again later on esmeralda announced as though anxious to soften the pain of separation as she led her sisters from the room i must show you over the house before lunch geoffrey had the drawing-rooms redecorated before we were married but this is the first time i have been able to entertain i wish you would come and stay here bridgie but i suppose nothing would make you desert the boys never mind you will be here every time that there is anything going on and it is not much fun preparing when one has a houseful of servants do you remember how we used to be making jellies and creams all the day before and running about arranging the house until a few minutes before the time when the people arrived that's all over now and i do nothing but give orders and grumble this way there what do you think of that for an imposing vista it was indeed very imposing for one long yellow room opened into another decorated in palest blue which in its turn showed a glimpse of a conservatory gay with flowers the rooms were so huge so lofty in stature that pixie was puzzled to understand how the unimposing exterior could contain such surprises while esmeralda strutted about displaying one treasure after another giving detailed descriptions of exactly how the rooms were to be arranged for the contemplated entertainments and gazing complacently at her own reflection in the long mirrors she looked ridiculously young to be the mistress of this fine establishment and despite occasional affectations there is more of the schoolgirl than of the woman of the world in her happy voice and eager gestures from the reception-rooms the sisters adjourned to the dining-room a big somewhat gloomy apartment facing the street very handsome very severe and evidently dedicated to one purpose only and never by any chance entered from the time one meal ended until another began the butler was arranging dishes on the sideboard the table was spread with a glittering profusion of glass and silver and an array of cold dainties at sight of which bridgie blushed and stared at the floor she waited trembling to hear pixie's exclamation but none came and as they adjourned towards the library she slipped her hand through esmeralda's arm and said half laughing half nervous i don't understand the ways of grand ladies yet joan dear i shall have to get into them by degrees 
you wrote that you were coming to open the house and i imagined you were in the same sort of confusion which we were in at rutland road only of course ten times worse as your house is so big we thought you would be tired and hungry and perhaps have nothing to eat but sandwiches or biscuits and we-we brought some lunch for you and ourselves esmeralda threw back her head and laughed with much enjoyment <laughs> oh you funny dear i never heard of anything so quaint it was sweet of you all the same and i'm ever so grateful but oh dear what would the servants say if they knew they would think my relations had come out of the ark and where in the world have you put the provisions i-bridgie looked round for pixie but she had lingered behind and there was no one to help her out of her plight i had the basket in my hand and we were standing at the door and i heard you calling and i rushed in i gave it to someone i was in such a hurry i hardly noticed who it was i think it was the man in the dining-room now montgomery echoed esmeralda blankly she stood staring at bridgie with horrified eyes bridgie how could you what do you mean by it what did you bring and how was it made up chicken and pies and apples and a tin of toffee everything you liked and some little rolls and a pot of butter they were in a basket a big basket with a serviette over the top cried bridgie with desperate candour determined to tell the worst at once and get it over at home at rutland road it had seemed such a simple and natural thing to do but ten minutes experience of park lane had shown clearly enough how unnecessary had been her anxiety how ridiculous it must seem in the estimation of the household she looked at esmeralda with troubled eyes and esmeralda flushed and cried testily a basket of provisions and you handed it to montgomery he would think of course that it was his duty to open it and oh bridgie how could you he will tell the story in the servants hall and they will all laugh and make fun it's it's too tiresome i can't think how you can have made such a mistake i thought of you you see and not of the servants it never occurred to my mind that you could be ashamed of me whatever i did said bridgie quietly i'm not in the least ashamed of you i'm ashamed of the basket you ask jack when you go home and he'll tell you twas a foolish thing to do and you walking too and not driving to the door we won't talk about it any more or we shall both get angry and it's done now and can't be helped what do you think of this room Geoffrey's quite proud of his books and we mean to make this our private little den and retire here when we are tired of living in public here's the electric light you see switched on to these movable lamps so that one can read comfortably in any position very nice so convenient it looks most comfortable bridgie's voice sounded formal and ill at ease and both sisters felt the position a trifle strained and were unaffectedly relieved to see pixie strolling toward them at this critical minute she was smiling to herself as at a pleasant remembrance and lost no time in entering into conversation i don't know how it is about butlers they all love me she announced thoughtfully 
the wallace one turns his back to the sideboard when i talk and the vegetable dishes wobble when he hands them round he tries hard not to laugh because it's rude for servants to see a joke but he really appreciates them frightfully much your one has whiskers too and isn't he pleasant to talk to not half as proud as he looks we have just been talking about the basket because he'd got chickens already and he asked what he should do with ours i said we'd take it back of course because it would be a treat to us to-night that was quite right wasn't it bridgie yes darling perfectly right said bridgie esmeralda frowned bit her lip and finally succumbed even as the butler had done before her and laughed with a good grace she hugged pixie and pixie hugged her back and chattered away so freely and naturally that it was impossible for restraint to live in her presence esmeralda as usual avoided a formal apology but when geoffrey arrived and the little party were seated round the luncheon-table she made the amende honorable by telling him of the basket incident in the presence of three men-servants with as much unction as if it had given her the most unmitigated delight thank you bridgie you are a brick how jolly of you to have taken so much trouble if i'd known of that chicken before i began lunch nothing would have induced me to eat anything else cried geoffrey heartily there was no snobbishness about him at any rate and to judge from the glance which his wife cast upon him it was evident that she was quite able to appreciate a quality that was lacking in her own composition they seemed very happy together this young husband and wife and as bridgie saw them smile at one another across the table for no other reason than pure happiness and content in each other's presence when esmeralda announced geoffrey says as the definite conclusion of any argument and geoffrey said quietly esmeralda likes it as though the fact debarred all further discussion when she heard and saw all this the pain which was so bravely buried in bridgie's heart seemed to take a fresh lease of life and stab her with the memory of dead hopes it was not that she envied esmeralda her happiness bridgie had none of the dog in the manger in her composition but she felt suddenly oppressed by loneliness and a sense of want which the quiet home life failed to satisfy once she had imagined that this happiness would be hers in the future but that hope was dead and it did not seem possible that it could ever come to life again even if by chance she met dick victor in the future what explanation could he have to offer which would wipe away the reproach of that long silence bridgie hoped they might never meet it would be too painful to see her idol dethroned from his pedestal are they worth a penny dear i've asked you the same question twice over cried esmeralda mischievously and bridgie came back to the present with a shock of remembrance i was wool-gathering again so sorry what did you want to know i was talking about our invitations do you want any cards for friends is there any one whom you would like me to ask lottie vane please and mr and mrs wallace cried pixie eagerly and esmeralda smiled at the first name and frowned at the second 
she remembered having seen the veins at a school festival and being favourably impressed by their appearance but the name of wallace was still repugnant to her ears and could not be heard unmoved she did not care however to appear ungracious in geoffrey's presence and reflected that it might be judicious to impress pixie's employers with the grandeur of the o'shaughnessy family and thus nip in the bud any ideas of patronage a moment later she was thankful that she had made no objections as sylvia trevor's name from bridgie's lips convinced her that here at least a stand must be made oh my dear it is no use asking miss trevor she is lame and i shall have enough to do without looking after invalids she would come with us and we would take care of her the boys are so fond of sylvia they think it a pleasure pleaded innocent bridgie all unconscious of the fatal nature of her argument and esmeralda frowned again and said impatiently she'd much better stay at home crowded rooms are no place for people who need such care no but that is all the more reason why she should get what enjoyment she can she would love one of the receptions you spoke of when you will have music and other entertainments and her limp can scarcely be noticed now she would be no trouble to you you asked her to visit you in ireland esmeralda deed i did and she snubbed me for my pains i don't like miss trevor and i don't mean to give her the chance of refusing any more invitations bridgie looked aghast as well she might and made no attempt to hide her discomfiture but i told her you would i made quite sure of it and told her she would have such a good time the poor girl is counting upon it and she is bridgie's friend bridgie wants to bring her that settles the question surely said geoffrey quietly he looked across the table with uplifted brows and wonder of wonders esmeralda blushed and murmured vaguely about being much pleased what a mercy it was that geoffrey was at home but oh if you love me pixie never never let sylvia guess that we had to plead for her invitations pleaded bridgie earnestly as the two sisters made their way home an hour later on End of chapter twenty